It's Unscripted, the Field of 68's Michigan State Basketball Podcast. Coming off a post-game dub, we're going to try this going forward, I think, where we do like a post-victory podcast. I don't know if we'll do this after losses. That definitely would not be nearly as fun for my co-host, Carter Elliott. Definitely would not be. But, you know, go let me, let me, let me adjust the shades, take those off, get my spectacles on. But let me take those off, too, because I, to, I need to look at you when I say this, okay? If your team went out today in Big Ten play and had a game against another Big Ten opponent and lost, my apologies to you. I can try my best to console you. I cannot relate, but I can try my best to console you because my team didn't do that. The Spartans got it done, went to the barn, went animal, went Ray Ray, no funny pun intended. And we got the dub, and I saw a lot of things that I like that I can't wait to talk about in this episode, and they cover it for my boy G. So, you know what? I, I think we're happy all around here. Listen, you did everything in your power to try to curse that for me. <laughs> and, look, we're coming off uh, another great live show after dark with the Field of 68. Your boy was behind the camera doing a little production. Your boy Cart was on camera doing his thing. It was a great show. You can watch the replay on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Anyways, uh, Cart, yeah, we're watching this live play out as we're preparing to go live. And Michigan State was up, what, 18 at one point, And it got down to six with like a minute left. Yeah, they were up. They're, honestly, they were up. 20, I think the highest I saw was 22, 23 at a certain point. I, I uh, feel like that was just you trying to will a backdoor cover just to spite me. Am I wrong on that? Okay. Okay, one, I'm not TJ. I don't spite my own friends. Never would I ever spite my own friends. I'm not a petty boy. I am a petty boy. When I'm my you are a petty friend. boy. We are. We are a petty boy, petty. but not with my friends. I'm not a petty boy. But Greg, I'm very interested because we really didn't. We really get. We didn't get to talk about the game much during the actual game. You're we doing some other things, so I think this is going to be a good episode because I think it's going to be really fresh and live reactions from both of us, and I'm interested to see kind of me and you are on the same page of what we saw from Michigan State. So I would love for you to start it off if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, it's been a while since you and I have convened on this unscripted show. We had DK step in for you last week while you were on the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we really haven't talked as Michigan State has progressed. And I think, you know, coming off the champions or not the champions classic, sorry, the battle for Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um I think everyone in Spartan Nation felt pretty good about Michigan State as they should because they got their two wins. They were competitive with one of the best teams in the country, Baylor. And then I think they just sort of gassed out and hit a wall. And I don't really blame them for that. I think they played to their ceiling at that tournament. Then after that, a little bit of a letdown game against Toledo, I would say, mixed in with a dominant win against a decent Louisville team with Chris Mack returning. So I feel like the last since Battle for Atlantis, it's been a little bit of like, is this Michigan State team for real? And I feel like there's a sense, you tell me if I'm wrong, within the fan base, there's a sense of almost hesitation to fully go there and say we are for real. I think because everyone is so scared after last year. I think there's still some demons haunting the fans, and we're afraid to raise our hand and be like, this team's good. So I was looking for tonight at the barn to be the night that we can all just say, we just ran a mediocre Minnesota team out of the gym on the road. And for about 30 minutes, that was the case. Mm-hmm. The little late game stretch to me doesn't mean a lot, but how do you feel about all that? Am I right in my dissertation of that? No, I think you are. And, you know, you did the great, you did the right thing, Greg. And we talked about this before. 
closing the book on last year. It's over. It's okay to say this team is good. Look, if we got to, if you asked me at the start of the season that we would be at this point, you know, doing what we did with the Battle for Atlantis, having a good win over a Louisville team who's not, you know, the Louisville of the past, but that's still a good basketball team. And that's a good win. Uh, and then, you know, you start off Big Ten play without a letdown in a spot where we've seen letdowns before. Now, sure enough, this isn't the Minnesota teams of the past, but if any Michigan State fan knows when you go into the barn, bad things happen for Michigan State basketball. Wait, I'm it, sorry. What are what are the Minnesota teams of the past? You're talking like they're this prestigious program. Sorry. The, I'm just saying, like, they, when they play at the barn, they, something yes. happens. Yes. There's That's ghosts. what I'm saying. There's Sorry. ghosts at the barn for sure. It's there. the raised floor. It's Blake Hoff Harbor. Like you just see things there. Um, no, I, so as you're rattling off those wins though, I'm going to do the thing. We've done this privately and we did it a little bit on the sleepers podcast, but like, okay, Louisville. Yes. They're not the Louisville of old. Like yeah. th- this has been my fear is like you, I think you can go through all of the games on Michigan state schedule other than their losses, Kansas and Baylor. And you can nitpick heavily at a lot of these teams. Now, I know people want to say UConn's a really good team. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I think UConn is, a re- UConn is a really good team. I don't think UConn's a top 25 team in the country. That's, a, that's bullshit. You're completely wrong. I mean, maybe. Like, they played West Virginia hard tonight without their two best players. But, like, West Virginia's not great either. I don't know. Like, if you go through UConn's games post-Michigan State, they haven't blown the doors off of teams that aren't going to make the tournament like they had a single digit win against maryland eastern shore yeah well they've they've had injuries okay i mean i just say like i at some point and we're gonna have to wait a while to see this cart at some point i want to see michigan state match up with a top 25 team that we know is the top 25 team and do what they've done to all the non-top 25 teams they played because when they have played baylor in kansas those games are competitive for 20 minutes and then all of a sudden they're not true. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I'm all for discrediting like, okay. Like the Butler win. No, that <laughs> discredit the hell out of that. I know Hinkle is rocking. I know it is, but it Butler, is, Butler is big smelly. Okay. I don't care about that win against Oklahoma. That was fluke. Oklahoma blew that. That team is not good at basketball. Okay. So no, that wasn't a good win. But, you know, the loyal one was good. I'm a firm believer that UConn is a top 25 team, and I think that is a really good win for us. Uh, But also, like you said, I am ready to kind of get back into that, like, test. You know what I'm saying? Like, playing a solidified, you know, a certified, sorry, top 25 team, no argument about it. But I think more so the fact of the teams that we beat. Right now, I like the way that our team is playing as a whole, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking at players like Malik Hall who have been playing extremely well in our victories and have really stepped up. You have players like Marcus Bingham that have stepped up. I love what I've seen from Gabe Brown. Still think Cormac's trying to find his way, trying to find his footing, but he's showing us some things. I think he's going to hit his, you know, stride, maybe kind of middle of big 10 plays really going to kind of hit his stride. And yes, I called him Cormac because that is his name. And then tonight we finally get a performance out of Tyson Walker where he's aggressive. Thank you, sweet baby Jesus and Allah and all them, all the higher powers that my dude was aggressive. Thank you. I needed it. It looks so good. Please keep it up, but also stop turning the ball over. Not good. Not okay. So 
That's a lot to take in there. First of all, we're going to have to wait a while to see Michigan State get tested. Here's their next games cart. Home to Penn State, at Oakland, home to High Point, at Northwestern, home to Nebraska. And then all of a sudden it's January 8th, and they make a little road trip across the state to Ann Arbor. So I, I fully expect Michigan State to go 5-0 and in those games. I fully expect Michigan State to be 13-2 and and a top 10 team in the country taking a bus trip to Ann Arbor. But I want to caution everyone that that 13 and two is quite a 13 and two if they get there, because that, that 13 and two is kind of the same as a Minnesota seven and zero kind of. Yes. That that's what I would say. And to, uh, to your point, Loyola is a great win to me. That's their best mm-hmm. win by far. The fact that they struggled in that game and then scratched and clawed and pulled it out at the end. Very impressive to me. I'm not saying they haven't been impressive. The UConn win was very impressive. I'm just saying, like, I I don't think there's a guarantee that they've beaten a team that's going to finish the season in the top 25 yet. And the two teams they have are games that ended up being 10 to 13 point losses. And and also to go go at that point, it's okay to say that too. Like, it's okay to be like, okay, we're 13 and two, but like, who we, who we really beat. That's okay. Like they, you go out there, they make the schedule. You got to go out there and play the games and you got to win them. Being 13 and two will be amazing, but also it's okay to kind of take that with a grain of salt and be like, okay, we're beating big 10 teams that we should beat. And right now, you know, we, at the start of the season, we went through the first like six games of the big 10 and we are like, uh, okay, maybe we'll come out like four and two or something. Yeah. But, you know, from as what we've seen so far with this team, they've been impressive up until this point. Now the bar, the standard's a little higher with this team. Okay, so we expect them to be 13 and two when we get to that point. And it's okay to say that, you know, we didn't really beat any good opponent, opponents, Big Ten opponents leading up to that game. You just got to win the games. Yeah, MSU's taking care of business. And to your point, expectations have been raised. Car, it's not too different from a little thing that I did a year ago with daily picks started rolling it out thinking, Oh, maybe I might track my records. See what happens. Maybe I'll go 500. Who knows? Put together a nice little record cart. All of a sudden this year, start out a little cold three, four games under 500 with two weeks into the season. People are looking at me sideways. People are talking about the misses all of a sudden five, three, and all days and eight days cart. Now expectations are raised yet again. And that's look credit to Michigan state because they're taking care of business. And while I'm talking about betting cart, we have to mention betrivers.com, our betting partner on the field of 68, our favorite place to make a bet. Uh, did you bet Michigan State in this game? You know I was on MSU minus six and a half at Bet Rivers. Uh, I did not bet uh, with Bet Rivers on this game because I was more close to hitting the 1-800 gambling hotline number than I was to placing a bet on Michigan State. But it's okay, though, because we had a couple games tonight where we bounced back, and I also threw a little bit on Michigan State money line on Bet Rivers. So I feel pretty good. Thank you to the great folks at Bet Rivers for making it so easy for me to place bets and win. I really appreciate you. Had a boy scratching claw cart. You're never out of it. Tomorrow's a new day. Uh, let's talk about some specific things that happened in this game because there were some very interesting developments, I would say. Uh, and the biggest one to me is the fact that we saw legitimate small ball from Michigan State. Now, my question is, I don't know if this was by design. If I had to guess, I would say it was not. I think this was a result of foul trouble and maybe an injury scare as well. Um, but let's, let's just run through the numbers because as much crap as Joey Hauser's gotten and the four position in general has been, you know, picked apart by this fan base and media members tonight, 
Hall and Hauser, 47 minutes, 25 points, 17 rebounds, four for seven from three. And then you go to the five spot, Marcus Bingham, Julius Marble, Maddie Sissoko, 32 minutes, seven points, three rebounds, one block. So they basically got nothing from their center spot tonight. They got a ton from their four spot. And we got our first look at Hall and Hauser together on the court. Very interesting to me if that becomes a thing long term. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and I actually, when we, you know, said we were doing this episode tonight, I did make a note to myself that I did want to make sure that everyone is giving Joey Hauser his props for this game. Uh, this was a game where Marcus Bingham had that injury scare, also had foul trouble as well, and we needed him to step up. And I thought that he, I mean, you look at his, look at his stat line, 10 points, seven boards, you know, two assists in 25 minutes, shot pretty solid, two or three from three, you know, didn't really do anything absolutely crazy. Uh, still was, a, you know, still still was the Joey Hauser on the defensive end that we know. I mean, he was dog food in the post, but that is what he is. But I thought he brought a lot to the game today and it was good to see him taking shots. I thought he was taking them with confidence. Uh, and, you know, it might be a situation moving forward where we have to look at the four men state is kind of like four men, you know, look at Hall and look at Hauser as one. So, you know, you compare the two stats right there and we're getting so much production out of our four spot and Malik Hall just I just I can't say enough good things about him and when he plays well this Michigan State team looks so goddamn good like the games that we look the best in is when Malik Hall has really good games and in 22 minutes today he had 15 points nine rebounds and four assists like that is a unbelievable game I thought he played within himself uh it was very impressive to see and he's kind of hit a stride after a slow start to start the year so it's really good to see yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. If Malik Hall becomes the guy at the four for this team, then this is a different ceiling for this Michigan State team. I'm a little not concerned, but just questioning why it's not there yet. And I think the fan base is too. Obviously, with Hauser struggling, it's like, why aren't we just giving more minutes to Hall? But like I've pointed out on this very show in the past, Hall has been really inconsistent. Like as good as his good games are, his bad games are pretty bad. Uh, he turns the ball over a lot. He'll go entire games where he doesn't score. And he's like, oh, for six, oh, for seven from the floor. Um, I think, you know, it, Tom is so smart, right? Like news alert here. Tom is so smart. <laughs> he's not starting Clear Joey Hauser for shits and giggles. Like there has to be a reason that a guy he named captain is coming off the bench on this team, despite what Malik Hall is doing. And now it's time for my uh, every episode Joey Hauser metaphor. Last week, I think you missed this one unless you listen to the show. Last week, I compared Joey Hauser's play and processing plays to me forgetting how to jump rope and trying to jump rope for the first time in 15 years. Here's my new one. I, first of all, he remembered how to jump rope again. He looks like he knows how to play basketball again. Second, you can't get mad at your dog if you give your dog a pint of ice cream and then your dog throws up everywhere on your carpet. Like you can't get mad at Joey Hauser for being food when he's trying to guard the post. Like he is Joey Hauser. Now, just because Joey Hauser can't guard the post and just because my dog can't eat a pint of ice cream doesn't mean there aren't things I love about my dog. My dog's a good boy. I throw a tennis ball in the backyard. My dog is getting that shit. He's bringing it back to me. Okay. Joey Hauser can do things. And people need to accept that. And honestly, people need to start saying it because Joey Hauser had a great game tonight. 
And I want to hear people as loud as they are when he has a bad game saying Joey Hauser was an important piece of this win because he was. And that's a huge thing for this Michigan State team. Yeah, definitely. And first of all, elite metaphor, by the way. I really like that metaphor. And it's true. I think one of the main things that the the fans and people have been struggling with with Joey Hauser is that he has been food in the post on the other end, but you're not getting anything on the other end. So it's like there's it's not really offsetting. It's just a negative. You know what I'm saying? So if we can consistently get this out, of, if we get this version of Joey Hauser, I am ecstatic. Like, I'm completely fine with that. I just we need him on the offensive end. We need him to rebound. I mean, he's obviously he had what? Let's see. Seven boards a day like that. We need that out of him, especially with this team that we can struggle with defensive rebounding and sometimes. So it's really good to see. And then to go back to your Malik Hall thing. Uh, it's really good to see Malik Hall playing well. But, you know, in my experience as a basketball player, one of the things that coaches really love is that they can depend on a player and know what they're going to get on a, get out of a player every single time he's on the floor. Like consistency is a great trait to have as a basketball player that you can be able to throw him out there and throw the guy out there and know what you're going to get and know what you're going to do. With Malik Hall, sometimes it is feast or famine. Right now it's feast. And it looks extremely well. But like you said, there can be some situations where he doesn't really have really good games. And when you say not really good, he has straight bad games compared to his yeah. really good games. Yeah. Can we, So I want to dissect this a little more because to me right now, the thing that makes this Michigan State team special is that any given night, any given guy on this roster can be the guy. And that's rare, first of all. And I think it's also like part of why they've been surprising because I think like everyone kind of knew this team didn't necessarily have a go-to guy on the roster. I still don't think they do. I think they have five or six guys who any given night can be the go-to guy. But like, I guess when I dissect this a little more, like let's compare Malik Hall and consistency. Like he's lacking consistency compared to a guy in Gabe Brown, who I think is super consistent at least so far this season Mm -hmm. to me like they're not too different in terms of impact on the team but like if I'm trying to process why Malik Hall might be more inconsistent than Gabe Brown it's like Gabe Brown to me has such a clear role of like I need to sprint the floor and if I can just pivot drive baseline and dunk I'm doing that if I can't I'm shooting That's all Gabe Brown does. Like, it's not even like a decision to make. It's like, this is what Gabe Brown is out there to do. Mm -hmm. I think Max Christie is sort of growing into his still, but I also feel like weirdly, he knows what he's out there to do. Like he's going to take a couple shots off the dribble per game. He's going to sprint the floor hard. He's going to shoot open threes. Pretty Mm -hmm. simple. Marcus Bingham's going to be active on the boards. He's going to catch and finish. He's going to take like one face up jumper a game. The guys who have been inconsistent to me are the point guard spot and the four spot. And to me, it's because I don't know that I could define what they're really supposed to do any given night. Like is Malik Hall supposed to be option number one offensively if he's hot because he's been that multiple times, but then there's also nights where like the four is barely utilized. Yeah. I, you know, I struggle and I wish I had an answer for that, but I really don't. Um, I, in my head, the best version of this team is Tyson Walker being able to take some of the scoring load off of some players. So when you have inconsistencies from a player like Malik Hall, we need guys like Tyson Walker to step up and score the ball because he has the ability to do so. Um, And, you know, with a guy like Malik Hall, because he is sometimes inconsistent, 
we kind of got to depend on Joey Hauser to be somewhat consistent at what he does. And that's, you know, hitting open shots, taking open shots and, you know, rebounding the basketball. So if we have a situation where, you know, we know that these guys got to step up when the other guy's not, uh, I think that'll be okay. But it also is not okay because then you're really going into every single night, not knowing what you're going to get from the point guard position or the four position. And that, that doesn't like make me feel good inside. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Let's, let's pivot to Tyson Walker. Um, look, we're, we're a podcast for the people. Everybody knows this by now. If you've seen Carter and I, we're very honest. We're very upfront. We're transparent with our dealings with both each other and with basketball and the fans and listeners in general. We had a bit of a Tyson Walker agenda on the slate for this very show. You and I have been in opposition with Michigan state fans who have praised Tyson Walker and said, he's clearly the guy he's clearly won the spot from Hogard. He's one of the better point guards we've had in recent memory, which objectively true. If your memory goes back one calendar year, you and I have been a little slow to crown a guy who has had like four different games this year where he's made one field goal from the floor. Uh, I took a lot of shit on my vacation last week for Maybe I was a couple mimosas deep at this point on the beach, but I did put a little tweet out saying, would you rather have Tyson Walker or Tum Tum Nairn as your point guard? And I got shredded for it. I had some nice back and forth with some people actually willing to engage in a discussion because I don't think Tum Tum's as bad as Michigan State fans think they are. Like that's not me dissing Tyson Walker by saying that a point guard who started in a final four and was a really good defender and a really good transition initiator like i remember tum tum more fondly than michigan state fans that's where i was coming from but anyways um tyson flipped that on us right we wanted to come into this and have that conversation and now 15 points five rebounds three assists four turnovers later he might be the guy man god tyson my boy that's how you go out to the bar and you let you let your nuts hang man as a scorer if the defender has the absolute audacity to go under a screen on you, that is the equivalent of someone spitting directly in your face. Okay, that is disrespectful. Early in this game, Minnesota was going under screens, and I was like, Tyson, pull that, pull it right now. Like, stop, you're a bucket. And he finally did it. And it's like, it's just refreshing to see that Tyson Walker realizes that he's a bucket and he can get buckets. So it was good to see. I think it was a breakthrough game for him. Uh, like you said, the turnovers late were were definitely not something that we want to see. I mean, he single-handedly almost made this game close with some late turnovers. Uh, but all in all, like, just great to see that he's taking shots when they're there. Like, he's not passing up open looks. I honestly think he passed up even more open looks today. I mean, he has seven shots. I thought he could have had more, especially because he had it going. But – you know, credit to him, players like Malik Hall had it going as well. And then Gabe Brown doing what he usually does, you know, shooting very well. But I think it was great to see what Tyson Walker was doing. But also, I don't think you were in the wrong, Greg, with what you were saying, because it's oh, we say this every time. It is OK when players are playing bad to say that they're they're bad. Like it's you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm having a shitty podcast, you should tell me I'm having a shitty podcast it's okay. I just had a shitty day. All right. It happens. I can be better. I've shown to be better, different, 
But like I'm saying, just call a spade a spade. It's okay. You'll be all right. Yeah, and look, that's why we're here to give him his flowers today because this, this to me, while he's had some great games, I think, what, he had a 10-assist game? Yep. Like, he's had good games. I'm not saying he hasn't. This is the first game that I'm like, okay, he can be the starting point guard on a really good competitive let's go out and compete for a Big Ten title team. This is what we were excited Um, for when we first got Tyson Walker. Like yeah. that. This is the ver. This is the version of him I for foreseen foresaw. Yeah. In my head. And to your point, like I don't feel this is close to the best version of him yet either. No. Like I still think he was a little tentative in getting his fifteen. I thought he made his threes, which was how he got to his fifteen. But I guess I don't know. I'm starting to swing though. Like earlier this year after the Butler game, I was like after seeing this in person, like I think Hogarth's the guy because Hogarth to me was physically imposing. He was really impressive. To me, Tyson looks really small. And if he's just kind of standing out there facilitating the offense, like he's not doing a lot on the floor. Uh, That's starting to change. He's getting more comfortable, obviously. But I'm starting to think like preseason, the talk was we need Tyson to be the guy. He needs to be the leading scorer or the second leading scorer. He needs to have a ton of ball screens. I'm starting to think like this team doesn't need that type of guy. And Tyson might actually be the perfect point guard on a team with a guy like Christie and Gabe Brown, because like, I think I want more of the usage going Gabe Brown's way. I think I want like a point guard who's not going to force 20 shots a game. And like on a team that any given guy can beat you, he's going to find the hot hand and he's going to get shots to that hot hand. I think Tyson's done a quietly really good job of that, that I probably haven't given him enough credit for. Um, and if he can settle in, like, I mean, he needs to score more than his worst games he has this year, but if he can score, 10 to 15 a game and just be like a third option to me. I think that's enough for this team. Like right, right now he's at five points a game and that's just, that's too low. Yeah. That's that's yeah. We, that that's gotta go up. And also like speaking of that folks, he's at five points a game. Like stop acting like I disrespected a hall of fame point guard. He's averaging five freaking points a game. Like, what are we doing here? Can we, can we, now we got to do it. What are we doing here? Five points we, a game. No, I want to make a rule that whenever a Michigan State point guard does well, you do not have to bring up great Michigan State point guards. Just say Tyson Walker's having a good game. Yeah. And it's, look, it's coming from everywhere. Like, yeah. I, I swear, on my timeline, which is probably over 50% Michigan State at this point, which is great, um, I like, there's just a lot of like, oh, my gosh. This guy reminds me of this all-time great Michigan State player. Like, we don't need to do that. This would honestly, like, look, and I love you. If I don't know if he's going to listen to this. Dan Solja, he's the nicest person ever. He's a fantastic writer. He's part of SpartanHoops.com. He does great work over there. Love the guy. But I gave him shit tonight because he tweeted out, starting to see some Cassius Winston and Tyson Walker. And I'm just like, like, what are we doing here? There's a way. Look, I'm all for player comparisons. I love it. You know this. I love going there. I love being creative with that shit. But there's a way you have to do it. There are guidelines you have to follow. You can't compare a first-year guy who's averaging five a game to your national player of the year. Like, you could go a step down and be like, ooh, like, I kind of see a little Keith Appling in Tyson Walker. I'm all for that. Go ahead. But, like, your Mount Rushmore guys, you don't compare to guys that average five a game. Yeah, don't jump to the don't greatest do. point. Don't jump to the greatest point guard in Michigan State history. Yeah, don't do it. Like, I'm 
I've done this with Michigan this year. I've said Frankie Collins reminds me of Darius Morris. To me, that's a perfectly okay comparison. If oh, I was not, running around not, saying not Trey Burke, if I'm running around saying he's Trey Burke, I would hope you drive straight to my house and slap me in the face because that's Brandon, just not what Brandon, you're Brandon Johns, uh, Glenn Robinson. Oh my God. Hey, X factors, man. Malik Hall, Brandon Johns. When those guys go off, these teams are unbeatable. Don't put those same players in the same sentence. <laughs> I shouldn't. You're right. Um, yeah. Has Malik Hall ever had 16 points and a half? Shut up. I just wondered. I'm just me and you could both have 16 and a half against Nebraska, but that's neither here or there. Greg, I do want to put you on the spot though, because the question was asked on after dark tonight. Okay. Is can Michigan State compete? Compete for a Big Ten title. Compete. <laughs> oh shit. Um no. No. No, they okay. can't. You do not. Can I can I elaborate or no? Uh, I think I know where you're gonna go, but go ahead. I want to hear it. So I I I think Michigan State will factor into the conference title race, and this is basically my preseason take. I said they'd finish fourth in the conference. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever feel that they would be like you know a month left in the season with a legitimate chance to win the conference. But I think they're gonna steal games from the big three that will end up determining who wins the conference. And honestly, I shouldn't even refer to it as a big three right now. I should refer to it as a big one. This is Purdue's conference to win. Yes. Um, to me, no matter how well Michigan State does, I don't think they can get there. Um, now, I think there are some other teams that could. Like, I think I could squint and see Ohio State getting there. I could see Michigan getting there. I could see Illinois getting there. And I think Michigan State's going to take a lot of games from that group of three teams and end up probably helping a Purdue team win because – Michigan State will probably knock off the other teams. So to me, I, I'm still firmly in they're going to finish top four in the conference. I just don't think they can touch Purdue. Yeah, I think – and to me, firmly in the top four, I'll, I'll go ahead and stretch for the compete word there. Uh, right now, it's hard to say that because with this Purdue team, they're on a whole other level. Like they could end up winning this conference by four to five games or pretty comfortably, whatever the number is. Uh, now that's not to say that, you know, Michigan state can't catch Purdue in the title game of the big 10 tournament and, you know, win that one game against Purdue and win a big 10, you know, conference tournament title. But I think Purdue is on another level right now. Uh, so it's not, I'm not even mad at you for saying that Michigan state can't, can't compete for it because that just speaks to how good Purdue is right now. Like that is a scary, scary team. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid to play those dudes. And, and I, but. I think we're going to get confirmation of what Purdue is, honestly, on the road against Rutgers tomorrow mm-hmm. night or whenever you listen to this. It could already be done. It could be the same day. But, like, to me, they're 12-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in a kind of notoriously dicey place to play in the Big Ten. Like, even the bad Rutgers teams have been kind of hard to play at Rutgers. So, to me, if Purdue blows Rutgers out at Rutgers, it's like, okay, I don't know who else is doing that. Um, I can't I can't believe you just gave me shit for the Michigan or sort for the Minnesota barn comment and you try to pull out on me the historical diciness of the rack and the Rutgers teams. I mean, I if you had said Minnesota's a dicey place to play, I would say that. But you said this Minnesota team doesn't have the prestige of past Minnesota okay, you're teams. Right, you're like, right, you're right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll Rich, get that. Richie Pitino deserves a statue. Like, come on. You're right. Um, you're right. 
Okay, I, I only have one other thing on my list, and if you have others, we can definitely stick around and talk because I'm greatly enjoying this right now. It's not like it's 2 in the morning Eastern time or anything like that. Um, Max Christie. You know what? You know it's one, right? Well, I was elaborating for the sake of the show, but there's there's some honesty. Uh, I don't know a lot of the people. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. You caught me in a trap. Uh, Max Christie, not playing his best ball lately i would say how concerned are you uh um okay if i had to put it on a scale of like one to five and five is concerned i'm like in the middle i'm at two and a half if that makes sense like i thought that this would happen but i thought by big 10 play he would kind of be what we thought he was going to be now there's a lot of good things about Mac, like him Cormac being on the floor looks good. Okay. Like even tonight, he didn't shoot that well. One to six from three, three to nine from the floor, but you know, five rebounds, three assists, three blocks. Uh, he gave the team some good minutes. And I just think it's a, it's a case of his shots just not falling right now. I don't think he's taking bad shots. I just really don't think the shots are falling right now. And sometimes unfortunately that happens in basketball, but I'm not necessarily worried to be honest, I think two and a half is me even being just scared. Like I'm not, I'm not too concerned. Yeah. He, he doesn't look uncomfortable to me. It's not like he's making mistakes. Like it, to me, it's just the ball's not going in. Um, however, you know, I'm a numbers guy had to pull a little yeah. Max Christie stat for you. Yeah. So I isolated, if you look at Michigan state's schedule, right. They played what? 10, 11 games now. I think 11, uh, um, 10, 10. Okay. Six of those games have been against what I would consider good opponents or high major opponents, right? Kansas, Loyola, UConn, Baylor, Louisville, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Taking out the scrubs that they've played, and I'm taking out Butler because Butler stinks. In those six games against good opponents, Max Christie's numbers, 6.3 points per game, 28% from the floor, 13 of 46 shooting, 25% from three, five of 20 from three. At some point, that becomes like the Ken Palm Tier A numbers versus Tier B numbers. Max Christie has not had a great game against a good opponent yet. So I'm kind of waiting on that to happen. Again, Michigan State doesn't play very many good opponents for three more weeks. But I'm keeping my eye on that as they get into the thick of the Big Ten race because so far, that's the one test he hasn't passed. It sounds like a great lineup of teams to get find that jumper. Just yeah. hey, Cormac, let it fly, my boy. Find that jumper. I know it's there. I'm not. I'm not too concerned about it. I'm also going to officially state that you are the reason he has not been able to find a shot because this Cormac bullshit is so dumb and it's not working. And this is officially the Cormac curse. Until you give up calling him Cormac. I believe Max Christie will not make shots at the rate that Max Christie can. Okay, well, I'll just save it until we play Michigan and I'll start calling him Max. There you go. That, well, that now he's because that's actually his name. You act like I'm giving him a pet nickname or something. His name on his birth certificate is Cormac. Yeah, I mean, he's shooting the ball like a guy named Cormac and not a guy named Max. So if you, if you think about it, honestly, those two names aren't that different. Yeah, I mean, Manny Harris was Copperdale Harris. You didn't hear me run around calling him Copperdale. Okay, first of all, it was Copperdale. No, it was Copperdale. We Don't can we that. can Google it on the side. It was Copperdale. Yeah, sure. All right. Any, anywho, uh, I do have one last point. 
Um, not really anything of just complete substance, but I just wanted to be known that as a fan base, Michigan State fans should be extremely happy of where our team is at right now. So be happy with this eight and two. Uh, don't get too high though. You know, don't don't overblow it. It's really good, but let's you know find some let's find some peace. Let's find some chill, okay? But at this point, we are in a really good spot, and we need to keep it up and you know finish strong. Not sorry, not finish strong, but finish this stretch of games going into our harder point of the schedule with a pretty good record with a little leeway there for some losses that I think are going to come later in the Big Ten season against like those really good teams. But at this point, if you know, throw a smile on the face, be happy about it. I really like where Michigan State basketball is at right now. And it's nice being the best basketball team in the state currently. I, when you said that on After Dark today, I almost texted you because I'm not convinced Michigan State would beat Michigan today. I was a week ago. I'm not convinced today. I'm, con- I'm convinced. How much, I'm- how, much, how much better is Minnesota than Nebraska? A lot better. 40 points better? Yeah, Nebraska's bad. Okay. Nebraska's really So you bad. you were more impressed by Michigan State's eight-point win at Minnesota than Michigan's 43-point win at Nebraska? Yeah. All right. Good to know. Let me, let uh, know. I have two rapid-fire questions for you, then we can get out of here. Okay. Finish – or fill in the blank on this. Michigan State finishes blank in the Big Ten. I know it's rapid fire, but I want to think about my teams before I do this. Fourth. Okay. So we're on the same page there. All right. I'm going to read off. I already did earlier, but I'm going to go game by game. And I want you to say stop when Michigan State loses their first game. Okay. Home to Penn State. At Oakland. Home to High Point. At Northwestern. Home to Nebraska. At Michigan. Home to Minnesota. Home to Northwestern at Wisconsin. Stop. <laughs> All right. So that would be that would be 16 and two going to Madison against a Wisconsin team that came back from 25 against Indiana tonight. Yeah, because their coach took a little nap because he was tired. By the way, oh wait, we have to do this. I'm sorry, but uh did you hear Mike Woodson's quote pregame before this game? No, what'd he say? They asked him like what have you seen in Wisconsin so far this year? And he was like, oh, man, really, really good team. Like, when they get down, they'll pressure you. They'll throw some zone at you every now and then. Not a ton of zone, but they'll throw a little zone every game. Like, Wisconsin does not press and does not play zone. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> so, Mike Woodson has not seen Wisconsin and was just, like, bullshitting that he was really praising Wisconsin. Hilarious. I don't think I've ever seen Wisconsin press ever in my life. They don't like Mike Woodson. Mike, like we've joked all year that Mike Woodson's just asleep in the classroom. Like this is him being asleep. That's, in the that's like when uh, the Raiders gave Jamarcus Russell some blank tapes and asked him to explain game film, but he didn't watch it, so he just started making stuff up. That's literally what he did. Car, this is a really big moment for us. Are we drinking out of the same cup? <laughs> no way. We're drinking out of the same cup. Hey, cheers, my friend. Cheers. cheers. That's a great way to end the episode. Oh, man. Field of 68, unscripted. Subscribe to the Field of 68, all that, so you don't miss anything. We are the Sleepers. 
You can find us at Sleepers Media and on the Sleepers Media YouTube channel. We just did a Purdue-centric episode with Rayfeld Davis. We will have another Big Ten-centric episode next week with a current player of a top 25 team in the Big Ten. Cart, any final words? Uh, No, always a good episode with you, G. Love talking Michigan State hoops with you. Uh, to everyone who's listening, really appreciate it. But make sure you like, subscribe, like, comment, all that. There's so much, like, fun stuff going on in the field of 68. Can't even begin to, like – between the podcast, After Dark, you know, just all the content they have is really good stuff, and we're on there. And I'm always down to get interactions with people and stuff like that. So let us know how you feel about the episode. If you hate it, let me know. If you like it, also let me know. But appreciate y'all. Greg, appreciate you as always. The hardest working man in sleepers. Always a good time. Hey, and people better put some praise on Carter Elliott's name, by the way. This man's been killing his After Dark segments at least, like, what, once, twice a week at this point? You've been – I mean, you've been a superstar, as I've known you are and as most listeners have known you are. So give this man some praise. Uh, Next week, the Sleepers will make their together debut on the Field of 68 After Dark. So I'm looking forward to that. It's been fun, Cart. Congrats on the win. Go green. Go white, baby.